Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tanny Judgment Podcast. This is episode 21. Hope everybody had a, uh, hope everybody enjoyed the Thanksgiving special. Got a lot of positive reviews out of that one. And, uh, Thanksgiving certainly went off without a hitch. It was great for me. I hope it was for you. We spent it, uh, spent it up north with the family. Had a really good time. Thursday morning, I'm getting texts from my cousin. She's all jerked off because the YMCA was closed and she couldn't get a pump in. I'm like, <laughs> I told her, I said, you know what? Lose my number. Lose my number. Go and be an American. Stuff your face. Go to the Y. Fuck off. You know? Get real. Thank you to everybody that's reached out asking about Fajita. She is uh, back up and running. Pretty much completely normal. Still still keeping off the leg, but she's uh, seemingly better. Got some gabapentin from the doctor. Numbs are right up, but she's doing okay. Just had a uh, delicious dinner from one of my favorite restaurants again. Big chain guy here, guys. Huge chain guy. Can you guess where I went? All my fellow uh, guys from plumbing class are probably like, yep, Olive Garden, baby. The one and only. Post Malone's favorite restaurant. Mine, too. It is uh, It is truly something else. You go in there. You order... You know, you order your meal, you order two appetizers. They gave us 18 breadsticks for no reason. And you know what? I'm content with that. Because if there's one thing that that place is known for, it's having poor uh, poor numbers every quarter. That place makes zero profit whatsoever. Nothing. Never. We, uh... We ate like absolute kings and queens over here at the Tanya Judgment household for like $50. Had an incredible fucking meal, you know? And everybody's going, wow, $50? Let me tell you something. In today's terms, that's pretty fucking good. I know you go to like, I mean, I go to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning. I ain't walking out of there for less than 20 bucks. I'm talking a culotta, a bottle of water, a breakfast sandwich, in a, in a package of those nasty-ass hash browns. $20. Gone. Wiping you right out first thing in the morning. But what are you going to do? You got to do it, right? You know what I like about the Olive Garden? It never disappoints. And this, this applies to, like, all-chain restaurants. You know, so here's the thing. I see... So, let me... So, we went out to this dinner for, for, for a boiler company. And, you know, great time fantastic time to probably one of the most expensive restaurants in the state of Rhode Island, right? Everybody's excited. Oh my God, wait till you try it. It's going to be life-changing. You know, a lot of our guys had brought their, you know, wives and families there to have like a special dinner. So, you know, me, this is my first time, you know, if I'm spending a hundred dollars on a meal, it like better be doing something like unearthly for me. You know, and uh, so we go down and, you know, we're eating dinner and it's like every other person that was there had an issue with, you know, their their $70 steak. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is why I don't do this. You know, when you go to Chili's, what are you going to get? You're going to get fucking Chili's. It's going to be this. And you know what? You could go across the country and go to a Chili's in fucking uh, San Jose, California, and it's still going to be fucking Chili's. You go to Canada. You go to the Philippines. Shout out to our Filipino listeners. We're coming. We're here, baby. But you go to the Philippines. Go to Chili's over there, and Olive Garden in the Philippines, in Manila. Guess what? It's still going to be fucking Chili's or Olive Garden. It's all food that comes pre-packaged, pre-portioned, goes right in the nuka. 30 minutes, wham, bam, thank you, man, boom, ding, comes out, voila, 
The same food quality every single time. So now I got to sit there at this fancy dinner thinking I would never pay out of pocket for this shit. Was it great? I'm not going to front. It was fantastic. It was delicious. You know, the fucking mashed potatoes just like melted in your mouth. Tremendous. However, I would never, you you could not catch me in that place. First of all, the place has got a dress code. I'm already out. I'm already, I'm already got one foot back out the door, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm looking around at all my friends and who have been there a thousand times before. We're ranting and raving about the fucking joint. And they got steaks and they're complaining about the temperature of the steak, the seasoning, you know, the quality of the meat. I mean, like, shit like gastronomical, like, shit that I couldn't even, like, comprehend, you know? And I'm just going, damn. It's something when, when, it's something when your own words come to bite you in the ass. But that's, you have to expect that. Anytime you tell somebody, about a restaurant, you go, listen, man, this restaurant is, like, to die for. You got to go check it out. When they go there, you can almost rest assured that they're going to have a bad meal every time. And then when you go, oh, how was it? Uh, it was it was okay. It did it, it, it did its job. We were full, you know. And But that's, that's how, it, that's, like, how luck goes. That's how the universe goes. The universe will never let you recommend something to somebody and have it work out exactly how it worked out for you. Never. But you know where you can go in the universe and have something work out guaranteed every time? Olive Garden. 18 breadsticks for no reason. Alfredo sauce to dip the breadsticks in. By the way, shout out to my uncle Roscoe because Roscoe years ago Brings us down to Olive Garden one night. We're having a big family dinner. And I picks up a breadstick and he goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And I'm putting it in my mouth, you know. I go, I said, I'm going to eat it. What are you talking about? He goes, you don't go, you don't go in raw like that. So I said, what are you talking about? It doesn't, they don't serve butter with it. What am I supposed to butter it? He says, no, it's pre-buttered. He goes, try this. He pushes a dish over of Alfredo sauce. Little, at this time, it was just a teeny tiny little cup. So I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. He goes, listen to me. Have I ever steered you wrong? And I go, yes. And he goes, okay, well, not tonight. Just try it. So I hesitantly dumped, dunked, you know, the, the breadstick into the Alfredo sauce, put it in my mouth. And I mean, it was like, it was like watching my firstborn child come out of my wife. You know what I mean? It was just amazing. The flavor explosion in my mouth, you know, and he'll probably deny this story because now he was one of the guys that goes to these fancy restaurants and will throw a fucking $150 steak down his throat, you know what I mean, and and tell you that it was everything and more. But back in the day, we were an Olive Garden and Applebee's kind of family. You, you know what I mean? Let's not get it twisted. He's going to hate that I'm saying this shit because I'm putting it out there. But I don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? I'm still that guy. I love, you bring me to Applebee's. You bring me to Olive Garden. You know what I mean? I'm in. You bring me to Domino's. Sheesh. I don't care, man. I'm sorry. It's stinky. It's messy. It's nasty. But it's consistent. And consistency is king. You know what I want to talk about? Now that I think about that and, and staying with consistency, this this brings me, this gives me Ajna, really, to have to discuss this. Because we're at the crossroads now. Really, it's it's the end of an era, if, if we're being frank. You know, one of my spots, you know, growing up in North Smithfield, we really didn't have that much in terms of food. For a good while, really. You know what I mean? We had the Village Haven. We had um, Lindy's, you know? We had Gator's Pub. We had all the places where when you go, shit, 
I don't want to cook again tonight. Let's just go out. We had three places to choose from. And for those of you going Wright's Dairy Farm, go fuck yourself, okay? Not Dairy Farm, the chicken farm. Dairy Farm, I gets down. You know what I mean? The, the coffee milk, beautiful. But the chicken, you know what I mean? Dry, not tender. Couldn't hold the candle to the hungry, to the, uh, to the, to the, to the village haven. You know what I mean? But at some point, I want to say, probably around like, uh, probably around like I don't even know, man. Maybe 2012 or something like that. Maybe later. I, I can't really remember. All the days are like fusing together at this point, which sucks because it means that we're getting older, you and I. But at some point, there was, you know, there's an Eddie Dowling Highway. It's right off 146A, and they built, you know, malls. And, like, for a small town, North Smithfield, it was, like, doomsday. Like, they mentioned the idea of this, and it was like, we're going to have traffic jams, and it's going to bring in the worst of the worst. You know, theft is going up. You know, arson. I mean, you name it. It was like... You should have seen people fighting this tooth and nail. And then, you know, they eventually approved it. And the developers came in and they installed um, a few different restaurants on Eddie Dowling Highway, one of which was Buffalo Wild Wings. It was Buffalo Wild Wings, Texas Roadhouse, which I can't eat because the dumb bastards put peanuts all over the ground. Now, I haven't been there in years. I literally went there once. I was about eight years old. I know everybody's kind of, you know, being more cautious nowadays. But when I went in there, there was peanuts all over the floor, peanuts all over the waiting room. I mean, I needed to just jab myself with the fucking EpiPen just to even look through the windows, you know? I mean, it was, like, brutal. And I went in there with, you know, people who didn't speak a lick of English. And I'm trying to explain... You know, through, you know, pantomiming and broken Spanglish and like physical gestures of me holding my throat and going, you know, like insinuating that death is right around the corner for me, you know, try to explain allergies to a Hispanic family. They'll look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I, I can't name one other person in my family. That has an allergy. Not one. Meanwhile, I've got everything. The only mixed kid in the whole family. I, I've got, I run the gauntlet. God goes, run them through. You know, you go to Subway and you want every, you know, single uh, vegetable they got. You go run it through the garden. They ran me through the dirt. They go, give them everything. I'm allergic to mold, mildew, legumes, beans, uh, those are probably the same thing. Peanuts, tree nuts, seafood, any vegetable of color, some vegetables with green. Others have to be cooked to get the protein burnt out of them. I mean, it's a fucking nightmare. So that's another reason why I picked these chain restaurants because for the most part, they're pretty conscious about nuts and they're pretty safe, you know? But anyway, back to back to back to Buffalo Wild Wings and consistency. So I go there after they build it, you know, and I had only been to one Buffalo Wild Wings. They were kind of, they were just starting to pop up around the country like more and more. You used to see the commercials and you go, it's like, it's like you used to see the Sonic commercial. You're like, where the fuck is there a Sonic? You know, next thing you know, they build it on 44. We're like, you know, so they built the B-dubs. I go over there. And it was great. It was like everything that we wanted and more. The town went nuts, you know. They had the little hot wings challenge. You go in there, you know, you you basically sign this waiver stating that you're going to get your throat burnt right out. You're going to have hemorrhoids at the end of the night. Like, you're going to be fucked. And you get to eat these wings. You get a t-shirt, you know. And... uh I mean, it was a hit. Fast forward to high school years. I mean, 
We used to go there by the droves. I mean, it was like a sea of North Smithfield kids. It was awesome. And we all loved it, you know? It hurt our tummies. We were all sick, but we loved it. You know, it was a place where, again, the food was consistent and we were happy. Well, gone are the days of consistency at Buffalo Wild Wings. So I finished work right around 4 o'clock the other day. The fiance finishes work at 4.30. I was fucking around. Oh, I was looking for oil and uh, couldn't find any. So 4.30 she calls. Listen, I got a meeting in a little bit. You want to grab dinner now? That way it's done. I go, yeah, why not, right? So she goes, well, where do you want to go? I said, well, I'm over here in one socket. Where are you? Well, obviously I'm leaving work. Boom, boom, boom. I said, all right, why don't we just meet at the Buffalo Wild Wings? Then we'll go home, we'll feed the dog, and we'll do whatever we got to do. All right, cool. Sounds good, right? So we meet over there, hugging the parking lot, walk in the door like a couple of degenerates, and, you know, we're sitting at the, at the little kiosk there. Now, there's not a soul in the place. Well, I can't say that. There was two bar hoppers over there getting cocked you know typical fucking landscape one was a landscaper and one was electrician it's like right out of a a Stephen King novel you know so typical and they're over there and they're ha 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 and and all that shit but it's just them and three workers so eventually this broad comes over to the kiosk she says how many you got two now I'm looking around the place going Oh, nice dynamite. We're going to get a booth. Nobody's in here yet. We're good to go. So she so she comes up to, we follow her. She says, follow me. We go over there, and she starts walking towards the bar. And I'm already in my head going, why is she doing this? Why do they do this to me, you know? So she puts us at this fucking high top. I hate him. You can't move, you know, You could scooch a thousand times, and for whatever reason, you can never, ever, ever, ever get in the right spot. I don't know what it is with those fucking high tops. I can never get in the right position. And I mean, I'm six foot. I can't even imagine these people. I'm looking at my fiance going, I know she's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? You know that shit. So I say so. I go, listen, I go, you know. Can can you just, you know, can we have a booth over there, you know? Now, the 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 bar is like literally two feet away from the dining room where there's a booth. And she literally goes just like this here. I shit you not. I swear right hand to God. She just goes like this here. She goes, that section's not open. None of the others are open. And I'm not going over there. She puts the menus on and walks the fuck away. I go, I look at so I go. Hey, you know what I mean? I go, look at this. And I'm like, wow. If that's not a bad omen of what's to come, I don't know what is. You know what I mean? So then, you know, we place an order. You know, we order our drinks, shit like that. She brings the drinks over. She fucking spills mine on the table. She goes, oh, let me go get you some napkins. She goes back over to the bar. Doesn't grab the fucking napkins. So now I got this pile of wet in the middle of my table at Buffalo Wild Wings in Eddie Dowling Highway. And, uh, you know, we got our appetizers. Ah, you know what I mean? Not, it's not the worst, not the best. Now, the last time, I should, I should say this. The last time we went, it was disgusting. The food was not good. But I go, you know what? Maybe it's an off day. You know what I mean? Everybody's got an off day. You know what I mean? The wrong cook is there. They got a fryer later down or the nuke is not working. They kind of got to just make do with what they got. I get it. I, You've got to improvise sometimes, you know? And I, and, I, and I sympathize with that. But she brings, she proceeds to bring out, guys, the worst food I have ever had in my life. This is the second time in a row now that our food has been downright awful. Not not good, not not the best. I'm talking about where's the fucking swill pail? Throw this out. It's disgusting. 
So, and I'm looking at my fiance going, you know, how is yours? Are you like, are you, are you vibing with this? And she's going, no, it's, it's gross. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm going, damn, you know, it's so nasty that I can't, I can't as a man, as an American man, I can't even play the three strikes and you're out game. I can't because I'm just lying to myself at this point. This is the last time that we will be returning to this restaurant chain forever, forever, never to return again. You know, back and I'm thinking as I'm as I'm eating this garbage now, I got a chicken sandwich. It's pretty fucking hard, especially today. Everybody, every restaurant has a chicken sandwich. Popeyes, chicken fillet, uh, chicken fillet, um, fucking Taco Bell's got a chicken sandwich. KFC, I mean, everybody's got it. So it's like a rat race to have the best. And I mean, this chicken sandwich was fucking nasty. It's a Buffalo Ranch chicken sandwich, and I don't know what it is. I told her, I go put the mild hot sauce on there because I got a, I got a, you know, a, a delicate palate. Yeah, 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 no problem. And I mean, when I tell you this was spicy, holy shit. Unbelievable. Like, my mouth was on fire. I hate that, you know? I like a little bit of spice, you know, and and I'm good, you know? When you start putting that Mad Dog 357 fucking, you know, Hot Ones bullshit on my food, now you're just trying to piss me off. What are you trying to do to me? You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, like, damn, back in the day... We used to come here, have halfway quality meals. It was decent, you know, and we walk out of here pretty happy, you know. And I mean, five nights a week, the place would be packed. Nowadays, I'm looking around going, and I mean, this I you could go there on a Saturday, Friday night, any day you want, fucking Wednesday, and you're just looking around going, how are they going to make payroll this week? How? There's a lot of open spots and not a caucus in sight, you know? But clearly it's for a good reason, you know? The chicken tasted like it was made fucking like it was prepared pre-COVID and it's just been tepifying under those reptile enclosure lamps, you know, the ones that they keep the food warm with, you know? You buy them at the fucking pet store. Kind of like, you know... When it's they probably have them sitting in the back, just waiting for bring your pet to work day. You know, they take them from the fucking from where they put the food out, and they like put them in the back for the iguanas, that type of shit. And it's like just been festering back there for the past two years for COVID to be over, and for there to be a vaccine. I mean, it was bad, you know. And it's like the icing on the cake for me was after we were done, the waitress, who also, by the way, was the bartender, which if there is not anything worse in the world than to have your waitress, who is also the sole bartender on duty, I mean, it's insane. And as we're eating the swill, you know, it's starting to get to a normal dining time, and all the bar rats just start like fucking fucking flooding in, you know. They're all getting their getting off their shift from the union, you know, and shit like that. They're coming in from the electrical unions and and the landscapers and everything like that, you know. And she's just sitting there and she's being flirty with them, you know. I mean, she's not stupid. She wants the fucking tips, you know what I mean? If I had an ass. If I had a set of knockers, I'd be doing the same exact thing. Flaunting that shit so stupid people that think that I'm going to lay with them, you know, are going to put money in my pocket. It's a game, and I get it, and I respect it. It's a hustle, you know? But I'm sitting there waiting for a drink refill, and she's over here fucking, uh, you know, th- this is what she was, and I, this is, I swear to God, this is, this is real. While I was waiting for the check, right, we finish, you know, my fiance's got a meeting, she's got to go to, we need to get the fuck out of here, right? We've already been here for like an hour and a half. We've had enough. And 
I'm waiting for the check. And she's literally having a conversation with between her co-workers and the bar people, the bar rats, one in particular, who clearly goes there every night, you know, because he walks over, he finds his spot. Notice I said his spot because you could see the imprint from his ass on the fucking chair. You know, he sits down. I don't know what his name was, but hey, Joe, you know what I mean? Hey, you know, how you doing? You know what I mean? So, you know, he's there every night and she's literally sitting there breaking off pieces of a what looked to me as a sugar cookie and she's handing it out to people at the bar, you know, and she's she's eating it and she's offering it to people, you know, people being shy. No, I don't. I don't want a piece. And then she's like, oh, come on, hon. Oh, you know what? All right, fine. Again, you know, they want to sleep with her, so they're going to do it, you know? So they take a piece, and the guy's sitting there, and he's like, oh, my God, I've never had such a tender fucking sugar cookie in my life. And I'm going, shut up. You know what I mean? Just shut up. And uh, and she's, like, saying how she got it from another coworker, and, um, you know, her co-worker's father sweeps up a bakery and he gets to keep whatever he finds on the floor, you know? And, I mean, he's saying, you know, oh, this is fucking so tender and delicious. And, like, all the while, the clock is just burning away. My fiance's getting restless. I got the ADHD. My leg is going. My RLS is just fucking, you know, turned to 11. I got a turtle head coming out of my ass, you know? And I'm having the worst bubble guts of my life from this nasty-ass food that we just had, you know? And it's like, some people would ask me, they go, you know, well, why didn't you just walk over to the bar and ask her for the bill, you know, if you were in such a rush? And I mean, honestly, guys, the answer is quite simplistic in nature. Some people go to work to work. And provide for their families. B-dubs waitresses go to work to fight. The paycheck is just an expendable formality, to be honest. You know? What they're really after is is for you to say something and then have the opportunity of just giving a patron a fucking haymaker right to the temple. You know what I mean? Just bam! You know, just they cannot... Wait, they they wake up every morning going, today is the day that I catch a charge, you know? So eventually we get the check. We throw our two cards down. And this is like just progressively getting worse. Every two minutes, it's something new, you know? And I hate, by the way, I hate a bar environment. I'm not a guy that drinks. I don't have alcohol. I don't smoke the weed. I don't do any of that shit. And I'm not I'm not shaming anybody who does it and is a functioning member of society. However, you have to understand that it's not for me. I don't want to be around drunk people. You know what I mean? They're belligerent, they're loud. You, you know you you guys know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Put yourself in the situation where you were the DD and you wasn't having no drinks, and you're sitting there looking around going, what a bunch of fucking idiots. You know what I mean? That's me every time. And sometimes I can have fun. If I'm up in New Hampshire and my buddies are drinking, we can have fun. You know what I mean? I can give them wedgies, and I can give them noogies. You know what I mean? And I can lock them outside or throw them in the snow. I mean, we can have some fun with it. But when I'm in a, when I'm in a bar and it's not socially acceptable for me to tickle you, I can't enjoy myself. You know what I mean? Not even remotely. So we throw our two cards down, and she she says the stupidest, most blood-curdling question of all time. And they all say it, guys. And that, that is, how do you want to do this? Would you like to split it down the middle? Now, at this point, I, I hear that. I go, dear God, we got to get out of here we've got to get out of here now you know and to any waiters or waitresses listening why on god's green earth do you guys ask such a dumb question 
What am I going to ask you to do? A 70-30 split? Did you go through uh, school for the yachts just to work here at Buffalo Wild Wings? Just to do math? Huh? You know, you got that throwaway degree for nothing to come work here and do math? Is that what you want to do? You want to calculate percentages, guys, and balance my checkbook, then go work at H&R Block. You know what I mean? Otherwise, grab the two cards, keep it moving, and shut the fuck up. I don't invite more unnecessary drama into my life. I don't know about these people. Because when you ask people this question, guys, it will it, it will literally make you question the, your whole existence in the universe. You know? Let the peckerheads who want to have you perform one of these convoluted tasks just have to ask you, like, and have it come out of their mouth. So that way they can realize, like, really realize how stupid what they're asking you to do really truly is, you know, and how unnecessary it is, you know, make them beg for it, make them have to vocalize their thoughts, you know, we live in the age of Venmo, God is good all the time, and because of that, reimbursement is now just a couple taps away, if you want to be a stickler, if you want to be one of those guys, so the restaurant staff, you know, if two cards get thrown down on the table, just grab the bastards and run while you can. Don't ask no more questions. Seriously. The people of America are depending on you. You know? And this is, you know what? This is worldwide. This isn't even just an America problem. This is, you know, this is going out to the guys that, you know, attending Chili's in Manila, Philippines. You know, same deal over there. Don't Don't ask stupid questions you don't really want the answer to. You know? But eventually, you know, we left. My tummy was so effed up. I had to pull over and I ended up Googling if dudes can get knocked up because I'm like sitting there like thinking I'm going through fucking contractions. You know, I got bubble guts. So, I mean, it was bad. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. You know what else is unbelievable? This following story. Now, this is breaking news straight out of Turkey. A uh, a hunter was shot dead by his hunting partner. This was on Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday, this happened, right? And it was in the Alcam region of Turkey, and they were loading their truck up, and the guy died. According to the law office of Hall and Copetus, the chances of dying in a hunting accident... Uh, one in 4,888. Pretty slim. Not slim enough, though, to be honest. I, I look this up and I go, I don't know, man. That's not good enough for me. I like to see at least one in 100,000. That's pretty fucking low. But still, it's pretty decent chances. You know what I mean? But most accidents are due to, like, gun malfunctions, incorrect attire. You're not wearing the reflective shit. And somebody thinks that you're a tree and they're just practicing and fucking blow your brains out. You know what I mean? Um, or you just, you know, you're shot by your friend. Shit like that. You know, it's all awful. But this is usually how it goes down. If you're going to die hunting, right? However, the terms in which Mr. Osgar Grevakalu, sorry, I'm trying. In the way that he died had a 0% chance of happening all up until this Monday when this happened. Oscar was not taken out by a bullet from some dumbass, unaware hunter, but instead he was taken out by a gunshot from his four-legged best friend and companion. That's right, his dog. Yep. You heard that right. His dog murdered him with a single fatal shotgun blast. Not clear where, we're not sure, but nonetheless. And as of right now, the evidence is suggesting that they were loading the truck up after a day of hunting. 
and Oscar's loaded shotgun was like resting on the seat or somewhere nearby, and it was discharged somehow by the pup. The craziest and like most unbelievable part about this tragedy for me and like the scenario is that it didn't happen to me. If the, if you would have told me, show me somebody that's going to get killed by their dog, I thought for sure I had Fajita pegged. I go, Fajita is going to take me out. You know what I mean? She's going to say, I know you took me to the vet, you bastard. Here's for them. You know what I mean? Here's the payback. You know, I, I mean, she gives me these look, guys. You, I mean, you got to fucking see it. She's straight up disrespectful. I thought that I'd be the first person to be blown away by a dog. You know what I mean? And I always keep an eye out. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, I just watch out of the corner of my eye because she just radiates major murderer vibes. You know what I mean? But seriously, guys, like, I heard this story and our thoughts here at Tainted Judgment go out to the to Oscar's family, you know. He was newly a father for the first time. And, uh, you know, when I heard that, I kind of was like, hmm, you know, I had like a reflection moment there, you know. It was kind of like, well, maybe this is a little bit of a coincidence, you know what I mean? The guy's got this beloved hunting dog of many years, you know, that's his baby, you know, he loves the dog, and then all of a sudden, the guy has a baby, his priorities change, the dog becomes second in command in the household, and now the dog blows him away. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be funny, but I mean, I don't know. You guys be the judge on this one. Me personally, I'd like to see them indict the dog, you know, and uh, and bring him to justice because I think that this was a dirty, I think this was a hit, you know. But, uh, you know, once again, our thoughts go out to the Gravakalu camp, you know what I mean? Uh, Godspeed. And... Uh, Another, an, uh, let's 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 roll right into the next subject. Breaking news as of yesterday: Brian Johnson, aka the Liver King, has finally been exposed for what he really is—a fraud. You know, and I know there's probably a lot of boomers on here listening to this shit. They're going, "What is a Liver King?" Right? Well, for those that don't know. Brian is a chiseled up peckerhead who is constantly preaching to people that if you eat raw liver, um, you eat ball bags, you know, from like bulls and shit like that. And this is all raw. You like drink raw blood like fucking Nesferatu. You know what I mean? You can look like him. I mean, the dude is 5'7". He weighs like 275. He's just yoked to the gills, um, you know, and I'm like, and millions of people, this is the thing, you go like, who would who would listen to this guy? You know what I mean? Are people really listening to this guy? And the, 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 the answer is yes. Millions of people are listening to this fucking clown and have bought into this guy's bullshit. Some of what he says is valuable, you know what I mean? I, I, I'll admit, you know what I mean? He talks about getting out there, getting physical, boom, boom, boom. But when you start talking to me, you're like, yeah, you're going to have to eat a camel dick once a week and, you know, you can you can have a six-pack. That's when I go, I think I'd rather not. You know what I mean? I'll deal with the, I'll deal with the dad bod. I'm good. You know what I mean? Everything's good. And uh, But so many people have bought into this. And for me, I'm going to be honest. At first, I go, hmm, you know, maybe there's something to this guy. Not really about eating and drinking blood and shit like that, but just in what he's saying. You know, he's always talking about being primal and about how, you know, if if, if you walk around with a no shirt all day and, you know, you, you live like a, like a, like a, a hunter-gatherer from back in, you know, 10,000 B.C., that you're going to look just like him, you know? And, you know, while I take everything with a grain of salt, I'm going, you know, there's some takeaways here for sure, you know, and maybe he is onto something, you know. So 
and I mean, I know people eat liver. You know what I mean? Uh, shout out to Uncle Morris. You know what I mean? He used to get liver and onions, and uh, you know, nothing smells better. Uh, but you know, so I'm like, well, maybe that's not the weirdest thing in the world. You know, um, but I'll tell you where I knew that this guy was full of shit. I watched the impulsive podcast. That's for those that don't know. That's uh, Logan Paul's podcast with his buddy Mike. And, uh, you know, despite everything that he did, you know, when he was young and dumb, the kids really come full circle. And, I mean, the podcast is badass. He's got some good people on there. And I I, 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 I admittedly love watching it, you know. So when Liver King was blowing up, and, and his rise to fame has only been, like, in the past year. This guy has just went from... Zero to hero within a year. Just bang. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, so he's on impulsive. I go, huh, okay. And for about an hour and a half, he's saying, you know, all of his nine ancestral tenants and, you know, uh, all these things that you should do. And he brings a plate of balls and hots and liver and blood for all the co-hosts to try. You know what I mean? And they're all gagging and everything like that. So I watched this for about an hour and a half, and I'm like, you know, he's he's got he doesn't have his whole hooks and he doesn't have all his hooks into me, but he's got a couple, you know. I'm going, fuck, you know, he, this guy is really cool, you know. And then he fucked up because what he did was at the very end, he says, "Now what if I told you, Logan Paul and audience, that you could look like this?" without having to eat liver on all that. And they go, well, that would be fucking dynamite. This shit's nasty, right? And he goes, well, you're in luck. And he pulls out three bottles of pills and a big bag of, like, whey protein. All that say his name, Liver King, on it. And he goes, you take one of these pills at breakfast, one of these pills at lunch, one of these pills at dinner, and then drink three of these shakes a day, you're going to look just like me. And I go, that guy's full of shit. I just listened to a hour and 45 minute long pitch for fucking nutritional products that I know for a fact aren't making him look like that, you know? And right around that time is when like celebrities started to like catch on and get hip to him. And be like, oh shit, you know. And, you know, I listened to Joe Rogan. And, you know, Rogan was saying the same thing I was saying. You know, and I'm not a fucking, I'm not a fitness guru. You know what I mean? Nine times out of ten, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck's working out, who's roiding. But I'm looking at this guy going, there's no fucking way. And you gotta, if you don't know what he looks like, you gotta look this guy up. Liver King Brian Johnson. He's like the David. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like insane. But he's got, he, he he looks like a mixture between the David statue and, like, the 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 hiker guy from the Rudolph special when we were kids with the big bushy beard. Don Cornelius. No, no. <laughs> Don Cornelius is from Soul Train. The other guy, Cornelius there. And, uh, but that's what he looks like. It's crazy. But yesterday... After a year of this bullshit and all this jive talking and being at like the absolute peak, you know what I mean, of 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 uh uh you know, celebrity status, he has stumbled across a tiger trap and has been impaled by private justice. A series of emails from this guy were leaked from somebody. I don't know exactly who I think it was like a either a business partner or somebody he was trying to go into business with and basically you know it was emails from Liver King trying to lock down like some sort of a deal and he listed basically an $11,000 a month PED expense like sheet essentially he listed all the different types of things that he's on, you know, steroids, HGH, you know what I mean? All that shit. 
And now this is all coming from a guy that says, I don't take no PEDs whatsoever. Never. I never would. And everybody everybody that has even a, 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 a shred of common sense is looking at this guy going, yeah, fucking right. You know what I mean? Which we're at the day and age where it's like, you know what? Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Just, just come out and say it. Whatever. You'll still be yoked. You'll still be the liver king. You know what I mean? And we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. But somebody came out with these emails yesterday, man, and they came right from the PED king himself, and, I mean, he's done. The case has been closed finally after a year. We can now stop sharing shit about this fucking guy. You know what I mean? Um, You know, no more going down to IGA and buying two pounds of raw chuck, you know, uh, ground hamburg. And eating out of the fucking package like a fucking werewolf, you know what I mean? With the hopes of waking up and looking just like the liver king, you know? I mean, the guy looks like mid-70s Lou Ferrigno, you know what I mean? Remember from those old films, you know, you could watch him in the Incredible, the original Incredible Hulk. Dude's all yoked up, you know what I mean? Looks good. That's what this guy looks like. And a few hours ago, he dropped a uh, a YouTube video. Where, you know, he basically came out, he admitted it, and, uh, you know, I mean, he took it on the chin, so that was good, and but he, he went into this rhetoric about, you know, he he denied it and everything like that, you know, so he, people didn't do it, you know, do steroids and shit like that. Um, he went on to say that, you know, his whole purpose is to to give people, you know, give young men uh, who are, you know, suicidal or, you know, wishing to do themselves harm or have a poor mental state, um, you know, give them something to look up to and to to strive to be and everything like that. And it's like, you know, bro, if you're out here telling people, hey, listen, you know, eat goat balls and in six months you're going to look like me. You know, after six months, that suicidal guy or whoever the fuck is going to be like, I still look like me, and now I've got a belly full of goat balls. You know, that's it. And it's morbid and it's awful, but it's the truth. You can't go out there and lie to people, you know? And I, I, I can smell this bullshit from day one, you know? But... Hopefully he moves on from this shit. Hopefully he gets off of it. And, you know, we can actually see, you know, what you really look like. Again, I mean, there's takeaways from this guy. Some of the shit he says is genuine. You know, it has nothing to do with, you know, that liver king bullshit and whatever. You know, it's just like life rules. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens to him. I think that he might slowly fade back into the background. I could be wrong, but, you know, it is what it is. So, moment of silence for the liver king. Enough, enough. Brian Johnson, a.k.a. Liver King, we wish you the best, my friend. You know, listening to uh, listening to Taps just now made me think of something. And we're going to close the show out with this. We're going to close the show out with a uh, very, very heavy-hearted in-memoriam to the fabulous and extremely talented Mrs. Christine McVie, who uh, who passed away yesterday at the age of 79. For those that don't know Christine, um, essentially she was a uh, one of the, one of two female members of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of them. If you haven't, 
Go crawl back under your rock. My fiance keeps sending me text messages. Oh, stop sending messages over here. God damn it, we're trying to record in, a, in memoriam here. Shit. Anyway, she was a member of Fleetwood Mac. She blessed us with her vocals, her flawless piano skills, and even sometimes, on occasion, the accordion. She was just a badass. She joined Fleetwood Mac some 52 years ago, back in the spring of 1970. Her unique vocals can be heard on bangers like Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow, Little Lies, You Make Love and Fun, Everywhere, and many, many more. We thank you, Christine, for leaving us with your legacy, your music, and the memories In honor of Christine's passing today, our song will be a song that she took lead vocals on. It's called You Make Loving Fun by Fleetwood Mac. Awesome song, one of my personal favorites. Always a song I listen to with the fiance on our way to New Hampshire. And uh, it's just amazing. Really showcases her, uh, her vocals are very unique, you know. And uh, she will be missed, that's for sure. Fleetwood Mac was uh, out there touring recently, and uh, they they had the whole gang. They got everybody, which is rare, you know. A lot of these bands that come back, you know, they get one guy or two guys. Then the rest of, you know, whoever's with them are kind of just like, Fill-ins, they're good, but they're fill-ins, you know. But they got together recently for the past few years after many, many years of being apart. And, uh, you know, they had the whole gang. John McVie, who was married to Christine for uh, a few years uh, back in, you know, 70s, 80s. Um, Mick Fleetwood, an amazing drummer. Not, Not a drummer that you go, wow, you know, like, this shit is crazy, you know. It's how does he play that type deal? But for me, like I play, you know, I play the drums as most of you guys know. And for some reason, "Dreams" by Fleetwood Mac is like one of the funnest songs to play because every time you listen to that song, you can hear something different happening on the drum set, you know. A lot of guys keep a consistent beat, but every now and then you get a guy that breaks out from the typical 4-4 shit, you know, snare on 2 and 4, you know, adding eighth notes here, that type of thing, you know, uh, and, you know, when you listen to that song, you can pick up little things, little eighth notes on the toms, you know, um, or the hi-hat will open, you know, on an offbeat. I mean, it's like, it's little teeny things. And it's just like, when you nail each and every one of those little things that just make the song that much better, I like, I just get like warm and fuzzy inside. I get more out of that than like trying to play something by Rush or or playing, you know, um, Moby Dick, you know, or whatever, you know, like, I just, I don't know what it is, you know, but Mick was there, um, Christine was obviously there, killing it, and, uh, Stevie Nicks, the queen, the goddess herself, was also there, you know, so it's gonna be really tough going forward, I, 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 I wonder what they're gonna do, you know, you know, I almost, you know, I almost, to a certain degree, kind of hope that they just stop, you know what I mean, out of respect for her, because sometimes you see these fill-ins, like I was saying, and honestly, it's just not it, you know, and you got to be very, very, very careful when you have somebody that's like singing, so if you have a somebody come in 
you know, and record an album with you, and the guitarist either died or left the band. So you got this guy that's that's kind of, you know, taking the position. You know, if he's a guitarist or a rhythm guitarist, not the end of the world. But when you've got somebody singing vocals, you know, um, and they always fuck it up. That's why I say maybe they should just stop touring, you know, or out of respect for her, you know, not play the songs live or or maybe learn to play along with her vocal track. I don't know, you know. It's 2022. We can be creative, you know. Tupac was fucking tap dancing at Coachella last year, you know. Um, uh, you know, uh, Rock Hudson's comes, coming back. I mean, everybody's coming back to life through the VR and all that shit, you know. So if they if they decide to keep touring, I hope they go that route or just don't at all, you know, because next thing you know, they've got Taylor Swift filling in for Christine McVie. You know what I mean? It's off key. You know, they're fucking around with the tempo. They're, they're singing on the off beat just to try to be different. Um, I don't know. And historically, I mean, you could go back and you can watch their performances. Thank God, you know, Fleetwood Mac was always one of those groups that in their live performances, they were rock steady to what was on the album. You know, you go to a fire in a concert and it's like, you know, the, the you'll listen to Cold as Ice, you know, and it's like, it's, it reminds me of that scene from uh, Arrested Development where Job is singing, you know, you're as cold as ice. So typically it's, you're as cold as ice, willing to sacrifice my love. That's the rhythm, right? But in the rest of development, Job is playing it on the thing. He goes, you're cold as ice, willing to sacrifice. You know what I mean? Will on that, you know? Like they just fuck with the tempo. And I see so many bands that have just amazing talent and they do that. Why are you singing off beat? Why are you not keeping up with the tempo? You know? Or they do this thing where they're like, you know, they 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 slow down, you know, which in musical terms it's like a retardando. So they 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 slow the tempo down and then they speed it up at the last second to to, to make sure that they end on the same beat. You know what I mean? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. And Fleetwood Mac has never been and is not one of those bands. They have always stuck to the script. And for that, for me, as a music listener and critiquist, you know, I appreciate that. You know what I mean? So, rest in peace, Christine. You will be sorely missed here at Tainted Judgment. I'm sure over the next coming years... Your uh, your voice will be uh, at the end of many, many episodes. I will make sure of that. And uh, thank you again. And thank you to all you listeners out there. Again, I'm happy that everybody enjoyed the Thanksgiving special. And uh, I will see you in the next week's episode. So go get the tree up. Dust off the garland. I did last night, and uh, Christmas is almost here, folks. Better yet, the sledding season is almost here. I think next week we might release, um, possibly, we might release two episodes. Um, Like I said before, our episodes for the snowmobiling stuff will be labeled sled talk, you know, um, or something to the likes of that. Um, and that way you'll be able to decipher between the two episodes. If you're not really, if you don't want to listen to that, it doesn't pertain to you. I get it. Um, but if you want to absorb as much content as possible, please listen anyways. But I think, uh, we'll go through kind of our expectations of this year, this coming season and, uh, maybe gear changes and, maintenance and shit like that and maybe talk about our equipment you know 
talk about what we rock with, you know, what we get down with, what type of link accessories, things like that. Um, what do we carry on us, you know, when we ride, that type of thing. And uh, we'll see where, the, where, where, where things get taken. So thank you again. Everybody have a great day, great night, whatever. And we'll see you on the next one. Ciao, guys.